everywhere. You know, it's like, oh, I'm hearing this, and I see this, and but it's like, well, what do you have for us this morning? What, what is it that you're saying to this, um, this congregation? And what the Lord showed me, he showed me this picture, and he showed me all these congregations across the world. And he showed me this picture of, of Starbucks and uh, home groups and moms talking to their kids and dads at the dinner table talking to their kids and grandmas spending time with their their grandchildren and I just got this beautiful picture of uh, he's saying the same thing to all of us and even though sometimes it may seem like we're just this tiny group we're one in a million he's saying the same thing across the land he wants us to hear his voice he wants us to be one with him to hear him, so that at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the season, or on your birthday, or at the beginning of the Jewish calendar, when we're, we're seeking him, and we're like, God, what are you saying? I hear this prophet saying this, and I see, hear this minister saying this. What are you saying? And, and what I came to is I wanted to hear him for myself. I appreciate the prophets. I am thankful for them because whenever I do hear God, I'm able to get confirmation, and I got a lot of confirmation this time. But it was interesting because the very thing I was asking him was what he was saying. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. I want you to recognize my voice so that whenever you need something, whenever you're crying out to God, you know what my voice sounds like. So I wanted to play this uh, video for us this morning. If y'all play it, then we'll go after that. It's six minutes. So y'all know what you're getting into. <laughs> think that's the right video okay do you can you find the right one or do you need okay I'm sure it's a good one it's just not the one (laughs) while we're finding that I'm just gonna so what this video is about is a um, church in China it's about the underground church and my, what I was sensing with this, because it, it just kind of, I've, I've seen this video many times in a big uh, movie. And uh, I want us to get a picture of what our hearts should be like when we're coming before the Lord. Um, I, I, when we come here, in, in I, I really don't like it when people use this, but it's true. In the American church... We get really bored really easily. We get tired. We get fatigued. We think about all these other things we'd rather be doing. And the question that I ask a lot of times is why? It's not because there's not enough entertainment. It's because our hearts need to change. And so even in that, it's like, okay, God, if my heart needs to change, how do I get there? What am I supposed to do to make my heart feel like these people? Because I can't fake it. I can't make that happen. So I want you to watch this. The underground church in China is experiencing. And in the last 60 years, China's communist government has done its best to wipe Christianity off the map. 
What you are about to see is some of the rarest footage on the planet. In this church, the people wake up at 4.30 to come together for two hours to pray and worship. They do this every day. This church meets in the only place they are safe, a cave. This church meets on a farm, far away from prying eyes. Here's an example of an underground church outreach. The people sitting are Christians. The people who are standing are not. This particular preacher was once crippled, but was healed when someone prayed for her. She now preaches the good news of Jesus to anyone who will listen. In this particular meeting, over 1,000 people became Christians. Here, Christians cast out demons from an 18-year-old girl. She's now a preacher. In Shanghai alone, there are over 3,000 house churches, just like this one. One thing Dennis pointed out to me was that most of the underground churches in China are actually led by young people. These kids have all come out of the communist system, and they want nothing to do with it. They only want to spread the love of Jesus to everybody they meet. This is a music school. Well, that's the cover anyway. It's really a training school for students who want to be pastors. The government thinks they're simply learning to play instruments. One thing I quickly realized about the Chinese church is that it's a lot different from the American one. For one thing, they think a four-hour sermon is short. In this church service, it's 120 degrees inside the building. The people meet for 12 hours straight. Dennis told me one story about a time he went to a very remote village in China to preach. He was led into a large room where the people were packed so closely together that he had his back to the wall and could reach out and touch the row in front of him. Everyone stood. There was no room to sit. He asked how long he should preach for, and they told him from 8.30 to 7 at night. Then they asked him, if it wasn't too much trouble, could you come back tomorrow and preach from 8.30 to 7 again? And then, very sheepishly, they asked again, if you'd be so kind, could you come back the day after that and preach from 8.30 to 7? He asked how often he should take breaks, and they told him not to stop. The people will wait. Then he asked them what he should preach on. Everything, they replied, from Genesis to Revelation. And then it dawned on him, these people had no Bibles. After the death of Mao Zedong, the Chinese people, cheated by a false you can turn god, it off. began to search for the true god. I think my still okay. 
So after watching that many times in other videos, like it, the question I have is like, could I do that? Could I go to church for 12 hours? Could I sit in a room that's 120 degrees? I get fidgety after two hours. And there are times when I've been to, you know, to, to services that are really long, and I enjoy it. I want to be there, and I want more. But it's not up to the people that are teaching and preaching and singing. It's up to us to get to that place of where we want more. It's not their fault. It's, it's not even my fault. It's what I need to do to get there. And the first thing I have to do is have the want to. Because there's time, I really don't want to, to get to that place. So I'm seeking the Lord and I'm seeing this and I'm like, God, I, when I see this, I kind of feel guilty. I feel shame. And that's not what he wants. And I'm like, well, what do you want? How do you want me to respond? And he says, I want you to ask me to give you the want to. Because everything comes from him. Everything good comes from him. It's not that I'm so super spiritual or that they're so super spiritual. It's because they know darkness and they're desperate for God. And I know darkness. I've seen it. Maybe not like they have, but I know it's there. And the thing is, is that our, our nation, this is crouching at our back door. We are moments a generation, a half generation away from the same thing happening to us. Do we know how to hide and spend time with God? Do we know? We can't even ask people out in the grocery store to come to church. I can't. I want to. I don't have the want to yet to get up the nerve to ask the ones that I want to invite. And I'm asking God, Lord, I want to get to that place because I know we're, we're coming to this I know we are, and we may push it back for a generation. Maddie, can you bring up this slide for me, please? We may push it back a a generation, you know, with prayer. But the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how dark it is. It's where our hearts are at. So what do we do? How do we get there? Well, first, you need to ask God for the want to. So when you're in your secret place, when when you're spending time with the Lord, You ask him, God, I don't really want to right now. I'm I'm okay with the way things are right now. In fact, I had this happen a couple of summers ago where, you know, I was driving down the road and I knew God was asking me to do some things in the Lord. And I was like, I really don't want to. I'm okay with the things that are going on right now. Life is easy. And he said, Brent, it's not easy for that person that's living down the street. It's not easy for that child that's coming over to your house, the one that you have trouble loving. It's not easy for them. And I need somebody who's willing to go out and spread the love of God and teach my people how to spread the love of God. And I said, God, you've got to change my heart then. I need to want to. And he said, you need to come spend time with me. More. More time. It's not enough. It's not enough, Brenda, what you're doing right now. I need to spend more time with you. I want to spend more time with you. Okay, God. Then you need to give me the want to. Because to be honest, I don't want to. I want to get up. And I want to do other things. I want to, you know, 
get on the computer, watch TV, clean the house, take care of the kids. There's a thousand other things that need to be done. And this is one more thing on my plate. Brenda, if you come and spend time with me first, if you seek me, all those things are going to be taken care of. It's going to be okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, as I was, you know, going down that road, and I was asking God, and I said, you know, these things are okay. And he said, Brenda, it's only okay for a season. You're only okay for a season until something happens. What happens when when your child needs to be prayed for because they're sick? What happens whenever your friend's husband is about to walk out the door? What happens whenever there's a, a catastrophe, which is happening all the time, and you've been being so complacent, you're not ready. You're not prayed up. You don't have the faith built up. You're not ready. And he started to remind me of, of these things that are going on. And then what happens? Look at our world. Look at our nation. I mean, the laws that are being passed, we're all heartbroken about it. I know everybody in this room is heartbroken about the laws being passed. And it's like, how could it happen? How could it be? And God says, I've been telling you, it's getting darker. I need you to be the light. I need you to get ready. I need you to open your eyes and see that it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not that what we've been doing is wrong, but we need our hearts to look like that. I need my heart to look like that. I need to know that if somebody offered to bring the Holy Ghost for 12 hours in a meeting, that I would be the first one to want to show up if I knew that God was really going to be there. That I wouldn't say that I've got this going on or that going on. God is in the room. God is there. He's showing up. People are letting me know. Am I going to want to get there? So I start getting closer to God, and I start spending more time with him and and being further in prayer. And that's where it is. It's in prayer. Reading the Bible is so important. It's so important. But if you're not praying and listening and hearing his voice, you're not going to get from the word what you need. You need to be able to hear his voice. Maddie, can you go to slide Three, please. I loved what Denny brought this morning was the scripture that Psalms 139. I even thought about reading it myself this morning and decided not to. But he has written a story about us. He's written a book about us. And within that book is the blessings and favor and prosperity and love of God that he has in store for us. See, when we're born into this world... We're born into sin. We're born into that sin nature. And Satan has a trap right waiting for us. It could be a devastating situation that you're born into, or it could be just without God. And it might be that you're born into a, an amazing Christian family where you learn about God right away. But there's a story that's been written. And in Psalms 139, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It was a destiny. So what I'm going to talk about for a little bit is how we get to that place of where we're just on fire for God. How we get into that story that God has written for us. Each one of us in this room is a missionary, an evangelist, a preacher, 
Each one of us is a prophet. We all have all the giftings for us. He gave us everything that we need to live in this world. Everything. And when the darkness is all around us, it's not that we're supposed to go around weeping and gnashing and and just miserable for the darkness. It's that we're supposed to be the light in the darkness. We need to be the light, the joy that walks in the room and says, Brenda, don't you see what just happened? Don't you know? Yes, and my heart is grieving, but God. What is God going to say about it? What is God going to do? I'm not going to look at the news and say that is what's happening and this is what's going on. I'm going to say that my sphere of influence is going to be radically changed because of the love of God. I'm not going to listen to the darkness and to the news and the laws of the land. It doesn't matter what laws they pass. If the people here, if their hearts are changed, they're not going to go and do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is allowed to happen, not allowed to happen. If the people that I walk into their lives and they lay those things down before the Lord, it doesn't matter what the law says. Thank you, Jesus. So a little bit about my story. Um, I have a long testimony because it's been going on for a few years now. But I was raised, uh, when I was told, diagnosed that I had dyslexia and extreme learning disabilities whenever I was a little girl. And that became my identity. And I became angry. That was one of my defenses. I had all kinds of defenses, you know, that would rejection, reject others before they reject me. Just had all kinds of... Uh, Issues And I seem like a normal person, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe not to people that got to know me. But at one point, things got so dark in my life. that, And I was raised going to church, so I, I did have that. But at one point, things got so dark in my life, I went down to my knees and I said, God, I need you. And I want you to know, there was nobody around me preaching to me. I wasn't at church. I wasn't at some meeting. I was in my home, and I had the knowledge of God. I was raised with the knowledge of God. And I cried out to him. And then I got back up, and I went ahead and did the same evil things I was doing. But within two months, God had rescued me from my situation that I had gotten myself into, saved me, and totally changed my life where I was delivered from drug addiction. I was at peace for the first time in my life. He was taking the anger away from me. Now, it took a journey to get rid of, you know, and still is part, I'm still in that journey of getting rid of everything, but that messed up person that I was was changed in a moment. One moment. And I was at this meeting, and I had... Before, my mom would invite me to these aglow meetings. I don't know if you've heard of aglow. And any time she would invite me, I would just, you know, not just not want to go, but I would be furious at her for asking me, just enraged, you know, like, how dare she ask me and invite me to these ridiculous things. And so at this point, I was, I was ready. And I said, I wanted to go. I went to this retreat. And this lady came up to me, and I was in this retreat, and I was praying. And I just prayed this simple prayer to, to Jesus And I just asked him to love me, to just wrap his arms around me like nobody ever had. And all of a sudden, this lady came up to me, and she had this prayer shawl, is what I would call it now. At the time, I didn't really know what it was. And she just put it on me. I didn't know her. She was behind me. And I just felt the love of God come over me from the top of my head. And I know in that moment, he was just delivering me from this hurt and this pain. So later on, she came into the... the, lunch line because it was this retreat and she said 
And it was this real, you know, Christian-y lady that I just would puke about the day before. But now I was like receptive. She's like, isn't God so good? He just wanted to love you like nobody ever had. She was Texan, so I'm sure she had an accent. So, <laughs> and it was the exact prayer that I had just prayed to God. And I was sold. I knew that God was real. It was not about my teaching. It wasn't about, you know, how much people had instructed me on. God was real. And see, somebody in that city where I was living was praying. Somebody was interceding. And I even know now that there was a group, there was a church that was right down the road from where we lived, and they had major uh, intercession going on for the city. And I know that my salvation in that moment, plus my mom's prayers and all the women, all the women she had praying for me, that my salvation was because of those prayers. It wasn't because of fancy preaching. It wasn't because of a, a good track that was given to me. It was because of people praying in that city. And I know that that is where it's going to start for us. So the first thing we have to do if we want our hearts to change is go to our knees and pray. Or sit on your couch or however, but you know what I mean when I say go to your knees and pray. God has a story for each and every one of us. And we need to quit going back to that victim mentality. We are not victims because we're part of the church. We're not going to become a victim church. We're not going to become a, a persecuted church. We are a victorious church. That's who we are. And when we walk out, we should walk as if we're a people of victory. If we keep sitting down and quit, keep acting like the world is against us and, you know, we could do this if it wasn't for the world and for the laws and for this and for that and we're not going to accomplish what he wants for us. I am not a victim to my circumstances. Nobody in this room is a victim to their circumstances. We all have the authority and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ living within us. And we can make a difference in our own lives and in the lives around us. In our neighborhood, we don't have to have a pulpit. We don't have to have a title, apostle and prophet and pastor and all these things. We already are those things. So let's just do it. But it has to start with prayer. We have to have the want to. And that, thank you, Jesus comes from God. I don't have to muster it up. He gives it to me. Maddie, will you go to slide four, please? So we are flesh, soul, and spirit. So what I'm doing now is I'm taking you into a little bit of how to get to that place of where we're on fire for God. So I actually saw this teaching from Andrew Walmick on the internet, and I could have gone and found his video, but it was like 20 minutes. <laughs> so just thought I'd do the shorter version. We're flesh, we're soul, and we're spirit before we're saved. So our flesh is, you know, our hunger, our just, it, a lot of times we think, I mean, it's our pleasure. It's not always, God gave us each one of these. So it's not always a bad thing, but it's when we let it rule us that it becomes a bad thing. So our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. If our soul is leading us, it's whatever we think we say. Oh, I think it must be good. I'm going to do it. Oh, I think it must be bad. I'm going to say it. 
our emotions. Well, I feel anxiety. I feel desperation. I feel sad. I feel anger. So I'm just going to let it come out all the time and let it lead me. It must be truth. And our will. We do what we want. That's when the soul is leading us. When our spirit is leading us. Well, if we're not saved, we're either filled with a different kind of spirit that needs to be gotten rid of, or it's just dead. God gave us this place in our lives to be filled with him. Maddie, will you go to the next slide? Please. So when we get saved, we still have flesh. And Andrew Womack said that if you're dumb before you get saved, you'll still be dumb. He's a harsher word. If you're fat, you'll still be fat. If you're crippled, you'll still be crippled. These things don't change automatically. And I think that's where a lot of us get it wrong in the church. We think, well, I'm saved, therefore I'm already made well. But if we're not learning how to step into the Spirit, how to be led by the Spirit, then we're just those same old people. It's just We're saved now. We've got got Jesus. It's a good thing, but it means we have no victory. We don't get to be those people that God created us to be. We don't get to step into the book that he has written about us. Okay. So I'm going to read you all a couple of scriptures. Acts 5.1. So being in the prophetic movement, I've met a lot of people that have a full understanding of being filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and, uh, you know, they, they know about prophecy, they get excited about prophecy when there's a, um, a revivalist coming to town, they love to come and, you know, get the, the, all these things and get filled up, but what they don't know or what they don't do is they don't work on self. They don't work on getting healed in their soul realm. They don't work on getting their flesh under control. They don't go through the process of deliverance and inner healing that gets us to the point of being able to be led by our spirit. And I want to read you all a couple of uh, stories about people who, who had an understanding, but they didn't go through the process first. So now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept, I think pastor just read us about this recently too. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you to be um, before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. So there's all kinds of stuff wrapped up in that story. But the things that I want you to see is, first of all, they had an understanding of prosperity. 
they had an understanding of what was, you know, what they felt was right. Everybody was selling their land. They were all coming together. They had a knowledge of this, but they hadn't changed their hearts yet. They were still walking in deception. They were still trying to look good, look godly, but they hadn't changed yet. So they lied. And the, the power of God, the fear of the Lord was so strong, they just stopped their heart. And the same thing happened to his wife. So part of the process is we ha- if we want to get to that place, where we're filled up with God, where we have the want to, where we're out there and we're doing the things God wants us to, where we're ready when our land goes completely dark, then we have to learn to change our character. We have to grow in godly character. It's one of the, it's probably, I would rather learn how to be a person of character and integrity than be able to speak in tongues and prophesy. Those things are great, but if your heart's not in the wrong place, it's all going to go crooked. The next story is Acts 8. Nine through twenty four. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people both high and low gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the, div- this man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him. Sorry, this thing's driving me a little nuts here. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed. So he was a believer and he was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by his great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, and they had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, which is good. But they needed more. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of hands on the laying wait I'm sorry at the laying on of the apostles hands he offered them money and said give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the holy spirit Peter answered may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. He didn't say because you weren't saved. He didn't say because of all these other things. Your heart's not ready. You're not ready. We go out and we try to do these things, and this is why the church fails. 
the church fails, we fail because we're not ready. We see this thing, this show, or this uh, documentary where the Chinese church, they meet together for 12 hours, they do it in 120 degrees, so we go home and we turn up the heat to 120 degrees, and we put on the worship music for 12 hours, and we think, that's the way you do it. We're just going to sacrifice it all. And that's not it. That's not it. we got to get our hearts right. Your heart's not ready to have what, what God has for you. So we need to get our hearts ready. So how do you do that? Start with prayer. Maddie, will you go to the last slide, slide six? Can you go back to slide? Thank you. <laughs> so if we're new creatures in Christ, what does that look like? That means that we've been taken out of that old book. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son's light. And when we're there, now we start the growth process. It's, not, it's been done, but we have to walk through it. We have to be the ones that are willing to do the work to get there. We need to learn to uncap those areas that have been capped up in our heart that keeps us making the same choices over and over and over. Keep making the same bad mistakes, the same bad habits. There are habits in my life that this last year I've said, I am finished with it. I want to start making a bigger change. I'd made a change this far, but then I got stuck. I want to get unstuck, and I want to keep going further. you got to get in prayer. You have to ask God to fill you with his spirit. It's by his spirit. Everything good comes from him. There is nothing I can do, nothing I can muster up, nothing I can do good enough to make God love me more. It's already there for me. The only thing I can do is surrender in prayer. We, when we stop And we listen to his voice. We stop all the talking. We stop all the great ideas. And we stop and we listen to his voice. And if you can't hear him, learn how. Learn how. Keep asking. Keep going after it. And when you then can't hear him, don't sit down and become a victim. Well, I can't hear him. So therefore, da-da-da-da. No, get it. I had a friend that, she um, wanted to be filled with the Spirit and be able to speak in tongues. And she's my best friend now and somebody that uh, she is my right hand in ministry. And anytime I need prayer or accountability, she is right there for me. And when I first met her, she was so desperate for God, but she had so much head knowledge. She's extremely smart, and everything has to be processed. And I'm the opposite. I go from the spirit, then God teaches me the word. She goes from word to spirit. But she wanted the tongue so bad. And she went from meeting to meeting to meeting for years until we finally were able to just sit together one day and she just received it. But she didn't give up. She never became offended with the people. She kept going after it and going after it. She was hurt. There was things that she had to go through. She felt like it was her fault. There was, there was a process, but she didn't give up. We can't give up and blame our circumstances. We have to rise up out of our circumstances. Every one of you, me, I have to make the choice that if something's happening in my house, 
I have to seek God. How do I deal with it? If something's happened in my neighborhood and God has shown me to deal with it or to pray about it, I'm not going to go and try to convince people with my human logic. If something's happening in the workplace, wherever, I go to God first and say, Lord, how do I deal with this? What am I supposed to do? And then you stop and you hear his voice. We have to hear his voice for everything. And he wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to get a clear focus. Because times are getting dark. And we want to get to the place where our superstar spirit that God has given us is him in charge. That's what the, he, we are in him. We are new creatures in Christ. That's what we want to look like when we walk in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Joy, will you come up here? Thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to pray for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Debbie, would you come play for us? Thank you. This is the morning that we get to receive a fresh vision from God. That we get to begin or continue the process of unstopping those areas, uncapping them that have kept us from being led by the Spirit. I know that everybody in this place is saved. I know that we're filled with the Spirit. But there's always another level. There's always a deeper level. God doesn't go up. He goes deeper into Him. And He wants to take everybody in this church to a deeper level so that you can go out and take your people to a deeper level. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, When we were worshiping, and I I didn't know what Brenda was speaking on. I really didn't. Um, I saw a a little tiny window. And um, the Lord said, there's a window of opportunity, and it's not going to be here forever. Mm Mm-hmm. So you need to be aware you can miss the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and God, and also just to confirm what she's saying, the Lord was just speaking to me. And I didn't share it because I wasn't sure I was hearing the Lord. But now I know I was. Um, He wants us to listen to his voice. And that's something you really hit on. Mm -hmm. So I really, you know, it's always good to have the word of the Lord confirmed and um, so that there's no doubt. So, you know, I just encourage anyone, you know, if you need more, we all need more. Mm -hmm. We all need more. But I wanted to share that there is, the Lord said, I'm giving you a window of opportunity, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be for long yeah thank you jesus thank you father thank you lord so if everybody would stand up we emptied out this morning we turn away from the things from yesterday and i want everybody to see jesus 
see him the best you can. If you have to say his name, if you can see him in your mind, but he's here and see him. And he's taken each one of you by the hands. Some of them, I, some of you, I see him clasping your face. And he's saying to you, this is your day to come closer. This is your opportunity. I want to spend more time with you. I don't want you to be afraid about tomorrow. I don't want you to have to figure it out on your own. I'm here for you. Let's get to know each other better. I've known you this whole time. And I have a story, a book, a destiny written just for you. And if you think this is good, wait till you see the rest of it. And if you think this is bad, then get out of it and get into my story for you. So I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, I receive everything that God has for me. And I want you to look at Jesus. I want you to see him and say, I am desperate for you. I don't want mediocre. I want the real relationship that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So just put your hands up and receive right now a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Receive from Him. Receive from Heaven everything He has for you. He has blessings that you never even knew to ask for in store for you. He has opportunities, doors, love, joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, if you want prayer, personal prayer, to have things ignited in your life, I want you to come forward. This is your window. This is it. 